welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, the O-Pod this evening with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend in a beautiful t-shirt. I wish you could, could all see it. <laughs> Mr. Paul Levy. You're absolutely way too kind. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. A very happy Mother's Day to everybody uh, who is celebrating that today. Uh, this is episode number 136, and having had a relatively quiet week last week, this week's episode is a bit of a bumper one, as we've got news from the last week, as well as two games to review. Uh, the week that was, we also have an exclusive chat with Chairman Nigel Travis and much, much more. Uh, just want to say thanks to everybody who listened to last week's episode. Listening figures weren't their usual level, so if you haven't had a chance to listen, uh, it's on our usual soundcloud.com forward slash orient hyphen outlook. It's on iTunes, it's on TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever Android app that you've got that you download um, podcasts from uh, as well. It will probably be there as well. We always get more listens when Nigel or Ken uh, on the podcast. So if you're listening for Nigel and Ken, please feel free to go and listen to the back catalogue. There's lovely, of, lots one. of great episodes and lovely interviews, so make sure you listen and go back in time, but not too far back. <laughs> so anyway, Supports Club updates, two trips to tell you about. Firstly, on Saturday, 17th of March, we are going to Eastleigh, leaving Brisbane Road at 11am for a 3pm kickoff. Prices for this one are £22 for adults and £19 for concessions with a £3 surcharge for non-members and a new trip to tell you about which is Friday the 30th of March. Good Friday and coaches depart Brisbane Road at 9.30am for a 3pm kickoff. this time going to Geisley. Cost for this one slightly more, £31 for adults, £28 for concessions with a £3 surcharge for non-members again and two ways that you can book for these trips either at the supporters club before or after matches or on the travel line on 07722 135970. Just to mention this Friday, the 16th of March, these are the return of the ever popular beer festival. The doors open at 5 pm for this one. It's completely free, and the beers featured will be from the West Berkshire and Renegade Breweries. And if you don't drink, you can still go along because all the usual lagers, wines, spirits, and lovely people will be there for you to catch up with. So if you go and have a great night, and remember to please drink responsibly. <laughs> also, there is another travel option for Eastleigh as Joe Durston is running one of his famous Le Bus de la Sun coaches. The coach will be leaving from 9.30, uh, sorry, leaving at 9.30 from O'Neill's in Leytonstone, and the cost is just £22 a person. There are just three spaces left, so you do need to be quick if you want to get on this. There will be a suitable refreshment stop as well as onboard entertainment. I'm booked on uh, for my very first ever trip on Le Bus de la Sun. I'm really looking forward to it. I always hear lots of great things about it. You can book um, through email GFA Burton, that's B U R T O N, at hotmail.com, or see Joe at the Supporters Club post match on Torquay, uh, which is this coming Tuesday. Um, yeah, those are the two best yeah. ways. Brilliant. Yeah, get booked on. Yep, so we have a Leighton Orient Trust update for you. So thanks to Howard and the team for sending one over. So to start with, <laughs> They start by saying, in collaboration with Waltham Forest Council, the club was pleased to accommodate actors Jonathan Blake and Paul Keating, who performed short conversational pieces written by award-winning writer Rob Young under the title of Coming Out to Play, which was a celebration of diversity and to coincide with the LGBT History Month. The readings took place over two nights, 
one being located in the old East Stand home changing room and included the Wolf and Forest Lady Mayor, Yemi Osho, in the audience. And that sounds like they've got a great success. I saw lots of publicity about it on social media. So That is well a great done. name for a play, for that type of play. That is really, a really clever name. Yes, yeah, so well done to like everyone that. involved with that. Yeah, last Thursday, midfielder James Brophy, along with club liaison officer Howard Gould, visited Thomas Gamwell Primary School in Walthamstow, answered questions from pupils at three separate assemblies covering reception, key stage one, and key stage two. Now, I think age-wise, you'll probably tell me diff- differences, like four to six or seven? Yeah, yeah, so first. Something like that? First three years of infants, basically. Cool. Favourite question coming from the kids was, simply, why do you like playing football? Which is a really good question. Yeah. Why do you like playing football? Why does anyone like playing football? <laughs> really great question. Brilliant. And on Friday, five lucky pupils from Langston's Primary School in Rainham paid a visit to the stadium as a reward for their efforts in school, and more specifically, the Primary Stars Reading Project. This is the first time the club have helped the school with their reward programme and was instigated by teacher Karen Tay, who's the sister of ex-O's fullback Kevin Dickinson. So another great piece of work doing in the community. Yeah, and to finish, a reminder that the club will now host the ladies team when they play Stevenage at the Matram Stadium on April the 22nd. There is a 2pm kickoff. So just to read that again, the club will be hosting the ladies team at, uh, when they play Stevenage at home, which will be usually it's the Mile End Stadium, but they're going to be playing it at the Matram Stadium April 22nd with a 2 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, so make sure you get yourselves down there for that. And AOB, just a few things to say about this week. So first of all, a massive congratulations to David Elias who's on Twitter at El Cuado and the family as they welcomed a new O's fan into the world with the arrival of Casper Elias so well done David sort of picture congratulations glad all's well with the family a massive congrats on the Orient Outlook podcast to you yeah. also we've got three tickets on our table spare for the Starman Awards which is being held on Sunday the 29th of April this event now is totally sold out uh, we have three spare tickets. It's the Orient Social Event of the Year. And for fans listening abroad, if you are planning on coming over for one weekend this year, make it that one. The last game of the season, Gates head away on the Saturday. It's a 12.15. It's an early kickoff, as a reminder for everyone. And the Starman is on the Sunday evening. Tickets are only 40 quid, and they include a three-course dinner entertainment fantastic company and it is really great fun you can email us orientoutlook at outlook.com or you can contact us through our social media channels uh, if you are interested and able to come this event is obviously happening very soon so uh, only those that are committed and able to transfer payment or pay us uh, immediately um, should really um, get in touch cool and then to finish that off then it was good to meet fellow orient fan at Leighton underscore eus yesterday who bought a podcast mug so thank Thank you you for buying one of those his son also owns nerd base specializes in his son owns nerd base yeah yeah nerd base which specializes in vintage and modern toys and figures including star wars thundercats he-man and much more it is based in battlesbridge wickford and is open every day so to find the store just all you have to do is search Nerdbase uh, and if you want to find them on Twitter and Facebook search that name it's run by Craig Foreman whose family have supported the O since 1920s and Dad Pete and Brother Ross are season tickets in the North Stand and did I hear you say something about 10% off? Yeah there, there was and I forgot to put it in there is a 10% discount <laughs> if anybody goes to Nerdbase UK um, or gets in touch with them uh, if you mention the podcast they are doing a 10% discount uh, on their stuff there so what an absolute yeah. reason to go if you're gonna if you're into that sort of thing and you're buying it why not get a 10% discount 
Very nicely done. And thank you very much indeed, Pete, for buying the mug and for putting us in touch. Happy to hook up any Orient fans that are into that sort of thing with a discount as well. Only awesome. here on the podcast. <laughs> Coulson Monday then. This is now the week that was, 5th of March. Uh, Ebu Adams wins the official Leighton Orient Player of the Month for February. I don't think many people were surprised by that. No, easy, uh, easy choice. No disrespect to the other nominees. But when yeah. we spoke about it last week, and I said surely there's one player who's... Stand out there. Yeah, he beat James Brophy, Josh Caroma, and Jake Caprice with 53% of the overall vote. So, yeah, I think that was a pretty one one arm race, really, or one person race in that. Yeah. So, Tahuay, Tuesday, the 6th of March, and it was all about Gates of the Way in the FA Trophy quarter final replay. So, the team was announced Dean Bruin goal, back four of Caprice, Coulson, Happy, and Willowson. With Karoma, Reynolds, Adams and Brophy making up the midfield and Bon and Mooney up front. Subs for this one. There was only four and we'll come on yep. to that in a minute. With Granger, Clayden, Harold and Satorio. Yeah, controversial for yeah. Craig Clay and Alex Lawless missed out due to illness and injury respectively. While David Mooney and James Brophy come into the starting eleven. Mooney took the captain's armband for that match. Youngsters Raul Satorio and Charles Clayden are named on the bench. Which, as we've already mentioned, only had for subs. Additionally, Charlie Lee came out to warm up with the players, which was great to see and be a real boost for when he returns to full fitness. It'll be like a new signing almost. 100%. And I think that will feed, remember that comment, because that will feed quite nicely into the post Ebb's fleet yeah. comments that people were mentioning. Absolutely. So your views in on the team? Yeah, I mean, pretty much as you would expect for the FA Trophy, despite the injuries and illnesses. Uh, obviously, good to see Dave Mooney and uh, Macaulay Bond starting yeah. together again. Macaulay Bond's um, purple patch, if you like, came when Dave Mooney was playing alongside him. Um, Surprise that there's obviously only four subs named. Um, at the time, what's Romy Bocco done to not even be sort of named on the bench? Um, but... Um, you know, there you go. And and sort of other youngsters that we've got. Surely we could have put one of the youngsters on the bench just to fill that out and give us another option. Ochang, Pollock, uh, obviously Monks has gone. Yeah. Um, you know, what 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 there there shouldn't be a reason with a squad as big as what we've got to only have four. Yeah. I mean yours? Yeah, right, and this before the match kicked off, I really like the team. Uh more than capable of winning the tie. I was delighted to see Mooney start as he's capable of magic and bond feeds off of him better than anyone else at the club I would say yeah. we have held on the bench if we need to change our style but I agree with you by saying surely we could have taken a fifth sub in arguably our biggest game of the season so those were our views True. got quite a few views and reactions actually from this one so we just mentioned one or two of what we got and just before you do that obviously it's sad that we had four or five players that were cup tied that couldn't yeah, have of course. Yeah, so, yeah. so Jimbo 1404 <laughs> says that draw really beginning to bite with illness and people being cup tied as we can't even name a full bench Looks like our chance has gone. What's up with Big George, though? As him not playing in the first game was only a precaution. Yeah, George, Session, George Sessions tweeted, sorry, saying, who cares we only have four on the bench? We can only make three substitutions. Trust in the starting 11 to get the job done. And if Danny Webb's young guns, Satorio and Clayton are called upon, trust me, they will take their chance. At Bradley Acker's 95, says, lots of people hating on Mooney being in the team. Do they forget if it wasn't for Mooney's 90th minute winner against Dover, we might not even be in these quarterfinals. Exactly. Very good point. Well made there, Bradley. The match kicked off for a place in the semi-finals of the FA Trophy and Orient make the worst start possible as we go down 1-0 in just the second minute. I don't even think the second minute had got on the clock as Danny Johnson put the host 1-0 up. He turned Preston's cross in the back of the net from close range. Thought we were caught a bit cold there. Um, good finish. Good cross. 
And, you know, for me, I think Josh Coulson's been fantastic this season. But I think for me, he has to do better in the middle of the park. I think the striker, um, Johnson, gets ahead of him too easily. Bread and butter finish. Yeah. Really disappointing to go one or down so early. You couldn't make it up, really, could you? <laughs> no. You really couldn't. I mean, off the back of when you think of the the second half of their game against us was they'd scored three goals yeah. in twenty five, and here in just the second minute they've already gone. So that's four goals in twenty seven minutes. Giving us twenty eight minutes. Ridiculous. Uh, in the sixth minute, though, Lamar Reynolds did well to beat his man inside the box. He shot, but the ball goes straight into the keeper's hands. Yeah, in the seventh minute it was almost two. It was York's low cross. Found Barrow at the back post who shot. Ball comes off Jake Caprice. Goes on to hit the post and the ball goes away. So sounds like we were lucky to get away with that. And Barrow, if you remember, caused us all kinds of problems when in he the came first. On. In the um, second half, that was the left-back Barrow. Yeah. He kind of just destroyed Caprice in the last 20 minutes. So it sounds like he was at it again. Sounds like Jake wasn't getting cover from the midfield yeah. then. Um, in a frantic first 10 minutes, Happy headed over from a corner and James Brophy had a shot that went just wide though so pretty active yeah very attacking quite a few chances and a goal we've spoken about in the first 10 minutes that sounds like it was a bit of an end to end old school cup tie yeah it sounds like we were being bossed a bit though not really playing our game and we had to adapt to their game because obviously we didn't come out as sharp and as fast as yeah. they did so and you're always going to be on the back foot if you don't turn up to it from the minute the whistle's blown sounds like they've come out of the blocks flying got the early goal continues to put pressure on and in the 16th minute it doesn't get any better as Gates have got a penalty Johnson got brought down in the box by Happy and upstep Johnson again to send Brill the wrong way from the penalty spot as he took the penalty quite well actually smashed it into the bottom left hand yeah. corner and made it 2-0 at this point we did have a real mountain to climb only after just 16 minutes disastrous start Argu- yeah. you know, I don't think there's any argument over that only positive I have at this time when I saw this come up was that they came from 3-0 down maybe we could come from 2 or whatever the scoreline was going to turn out to yeah. be can we come back from that have I mean, we got enough in the locker to do that I mean the penalty it just does happy easily happy gets the leg out gets it all wrong easy penalty decision and yeah. that meant that Johnson has now scored four times against us in 38 minutes terrible view, isn't it? <laughs> great if you're Crazy. a Gateshead fan yeah but in the 23rd minute then let's move on uh, for the rest of the game then 23rd minute Gateshead had another effort but Brill saved McLaugh- McLaughlin's uh, shot and then in the 27th minute it was our turn to test their goalkeeper as Reynolds worked an angle to create space to fire the ball at the far post where Brophy was waiting but he just couldn't turn it into the net yeah Dean Brill was called into action again in the 35th minute as he turned away Penike's shot which was wide um, but offside it was given by the officials and in the 37th minute Glockley again forced another good save from Brill before Penake's header was cleared off the line by Coulson. I mean, if that goes in, it's 3 0, and that really doesn't even bode thinking about to be in. Uh, yeah, 3 0. agree. 41st uh, minute. Yeah, 41st minute. Bon and Brophy link up inside the box before Brophy has a shot palmed out by Montgomery, who was doing actually quite well. He was being tested, yeah. testing him at least, but he was do- he was dealing with everything fairly comfortably. Yeah, and he made a great save, Ryan Stroke of half time from Mooney's close range header. Cross came in, Mooney anticipates it like Mooney does got a really good connector with it Montgomery done very well made a very good save there which was rightly applauded by both official Twitter accounts so if that goes in for me it's a very different team talk for Justin but a very good save there from Montgomery yeah and that would have obviously given us a foot back in the game pretty much right on the stroke of half time as it turned out there was one additional minute to be played and we went in 2-0 down at half time yep so attendance was announced 684 with 125 Hardy Orient so well done 
Yeah, saw some tweets from fans who made the trip there that they that's that they'd seen the worst football this season so far, and we've really given ourselves uh, a mountain to climb there. Well, let's talk about the mountain as we approach the Ain't second half. Ain't no mountain half. high enough. That Maybe be, that should be the outro song. So second half kicks off with no subs for Yosin. In the 52nd minute, Scott Barrow has a free kick for Gateshead that's tipped over by Brill. But in the 53rd minute, we pulled a goal back and we're back in the game as James Brophy got the goal. Reynolds crossed, only got cleared as far as Brophy just inside the box. He really got a good connection with it, just put his foot right through it. No chance for the keeper. Ball flew into the net. Yeah. Game on. Good to yeah. see Brophy get another goal. Good finish. Brophy's been... For me, fantastic since he's been back. Really good player. So you can tell that he's enjoying his football and enjoying being at the club. Absolutely, yeah. Good point. Yeah, um, good point. From his from coming from a miserable time at Swindon, you can tell he's actually comfortable. He's settled and he's enjoying his football. And it makes such a difference when a player is yeah settled off the pitch. In the 59th minute, almost a hat trick though for Danny Johnson as he turns on the edge of the box, shoots, but the ball just goes uh, goes just wide. Yeah, thankfully. 64th minute, Brophy had another effort from range on the gates goal. But this time Gormley was able to hold the ball and he'd done quite well. And the game at this point was wide open. And in the 65th minute, Johnson again had a chance. He got the ball cut inside on his left foot, inside the area. Curled an effort over the bar where he probably should have done a bit better. And at this point, it was a proper cup tie. Very open game. Mm-hmm. They're trying to kill the game off to get a third. And we knew we had to get another goal to keep ourselves in the competition. So a very intriguing cup tie developing. Yeah, in the 68th minute, we went closer. Josh Coulson just missed out on a Josh Caroma cross that the Gateshead keeper managed to catch. But, Mooney! In the 70th minute. 70th minute, James Brophy cross came into the box from a free kick. And captain for the night, David Mooney, rose highest in the box as he headed the ball in at the far corner. And this time it's the O's who fought back to level the match and for me great header from Moons he seemed to anticipate where it was going and nobody else did and just, just went hung into in the, the air space, didn't he? hung in the air bread and butter goal for Mooney there great yeah. header and it's great to see as soon as the ball went in the bet he wanted to go to the ball and start the playback so you could tell they were after another goal um, great delivery from Brophy as well yeah excellent header from Dave he, he times his leap brilliantly beats his man to the ball and, and for me I'm thinking game on here Absolutely game on. Let's like now we're in the ascendancy. Maybe they're going to suffer a little bit. It seems to be a little bit more us this half. Um, so I'm thinking, cool, yeah, maybe we'll go and nick a third goal. Well, what are you thinking? You come back from 2 0 down, it's 2 all. The momentum's exactly with you. like you've said, so obviously we'll go and win this game. That's what I'm thinking right now. Come on, <laughs> like we've got the momentum, let's go on and win it. But I think everyone knows what's going to happen here. In the 79th minute, Gated retake the lead as poor defending from Reynolds who is trying to shield the ball out for a corner sees him get dispossessed by Barrow who won the ball he crossed into the box and as he crosses into the box Brill's in no man's land because he's waiting to get the ball which he thinks is going out as well uh, so Barrow crosses into the box Burrow swings it it doesn't really connect but the ball finds Panicate at the back post who has the easiest of tappings into the far corner and from being in the ascendancy and having to fight to get back in the game from 2-0 down we really gifted them a goal such a poor goal to concede Reynolds should be doing much better Brill was well out of position and you know when you see a goal and you see the stuff knocked out of the team when the goal scored you could just tell from that point we won't get back into it three or four players straight down on the floor just looking absolutely gutted and mm. sort of 15 minutes left to play that had to come on I mean you could tell all the spirit had been knocked out of them at that point and for me Barrow we've gone through two matches now left back scored Three or four goals, and he's set up another. Made he just basically made most of their goals, and we need a left back. I'd be very surprised if Edinburgh or Lingard sitting there going, 
This guy might be right. He might be. Yeah, yeah. Let's get him on good money. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. this is a family show, and we don't have a Bieber, so I can't say what I really said at the time um, when I saw this goal uh, flash up. Uh, absolute amateur defending. Yeah. Absolute gutted. amateur. That should never happen in a professional football match. Absolutely. And it's killed gutted. us. Yeah. Absolutely killed us. I was like, right, that's game over. Yeah, for us, that's killed us. That's absolutely kicked the stuffing out of us, and there's no way that we're now going to come back. And and I don't know what Lamar was thinking there, but yeah, don't know what he was thinking. That that should have either put it out or just not have your pocket picked. Yeah, absolutely. So that left about eleven minutes to go. You see, we get back into the game. Eight second minute. Matt Howard comes on for Lamar Reynolds as we went in search of an equaliser. Yeah, in the 89th minute, last throw of the dice really as Raul Satoru comes on for Dan Happy as the ball goes up for five additional minutes. And for me, I'm thinking, what's the point of, of a sub so late in the game? Why 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 do that? Why oh, are you gonna give that. the kid no but why are you gonna give the kid five minutes? Because you've got to change he's gonna game. he's gonna go I know it only takes about thirty seconds to score a goal, roughly, give or take, whatever. But how many games are scored alright Sam Dolby's an exception because he scored on with his first touch or second touch or whatever when he came on once but arguably subs don't just suddenly come on and score a goal well, it's the last throw of the dice isn't it nothing to lose bring another forward for a, for a defender throw an extra man up there if he scores we're, we're sitting here going fantastic sub Justin mm. isn't it it's, it's, it's the game that we play 90th minute Mooney tries his luck from distance Spon chested the ball down for him but, but the ball Went well wide. Yeah, Mooney got booked in the 93rd minute and Joe Widdison in the 94th for fouls as the O's frustration starting to show and tempers started to boil a little bit. Yeah, and unfortunately the full-time whistle goes as the fight back isn't enough as Orient has sent crashing out of the FA Trophy despite being 3-0 up in the first match and coming back from 2-0 down in this one as it's Gateshead who progress into the semi-finals of the competition. Yeah. Uh, Justin Edinburgh spoke after the game and said one thing I said to the players in the dressing room after was don't for one minute think we are going to let this season peter out because I'm determined to make sure that won't happen what we need to look at is why we have allowed in the final 20 minutes from the first Gateshead game to affect us <clears throat> excuse me over the last couple of performances because that's frustrating yeah good point there from Justin who went on to say obviously we had to make changes and I said to the players for the level we are at and where we want to get to, we can't allow change to affect us as badly as it did. It rocked us and we have had to stay in the game and it could have been a bigger score on half-time. But that's where the positives come, half-time onwards. We spoke in depth with the players and they came out and stuck to the game plan and executed it ever so well. But again, we haven't seen it through when we had a team on the back foot and when we looked like the team who were going to win. So those were Justin's views. Mr Levy, your views on the Gates had replayed him? I'll start by saying what others have said because it's spot on. We should have been professional enough to see the original game out when we were 3-0 up and not have to have had the replay in the first place. Um, I wrote this part at half-time and I've kept it in because I still think it's relevant. Never saw that first half come in. Shocking how rusty we sounded, like we'd never really even played together. Defence switched off more than they were switched on. And the only positive I can think of is, as I said earlier, they came back from three goals down. So it is possible. Um, we gave a much better account of ourselves in the second half and I'm delighted for Dave Mooney to get on the score sheet with our second equalising goal. Hopefully that gives Justin something to think about for this weekend's game uh, against Ebbsfleet that was played yesterday, obviously. Um, however, all our work undone by the pathetic defending for the third goal. And so now our focus turns 
to the league where we must secure mathematical safety as soon as possible. And finally, a bit concerned about the growing injury list and what is actually going on with George Ellicobi. Yeah, I mean, I guess that gets answered later in the week when uh, he actually yes. played against Ebbsfleet. So for me, really disappointing to go up the trophy, which I really believed we were going to yeah, win. Yeah, you I really it. did. I mean, after going to him down early doors and what was a disastrous start, turning him down after 16 minutes, we battled back well. You know, And when you equalise on the 70th minute, you're thinking now, come on, oh, seize the initiative, go mm. on the back foot, we're looking to w- win the game and following the game, look like we would win it. But, you know, another, another mistake at the back and that's what's cost us and this time we've had a too big a mountain to climb. You know, couldn't do it. You could argue the damage was done in the first match at 3-0 up, which should never be replaying the game, but, you know, that's where we came to be. Only positive was Mooney's goal. As a, you know, really happy for Mooney to get his goal and it, gave, it gives Justin a headache for the upcoming match. I just hope this defeat doesn't knock the confidence and the morale from the players as when the third goal went in, you could tell a few of them were proper, proper devoid of any mm. confidence and energy <clears throat> at that point. So those, so those were, were our views, yeah. yeah. Huge amount of feedback, as you can imagine, after a match like this. So thank you to everybody who came into our social media accounts with their messages, views and thoughts. And again, we try to read as many as possible. And just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. So here's a selection of some that we received. Paul Staines 86 said, We didn't deserve a replay in the first place. We lost this tie when we conceded the third goal at Brisbane Road. Shocking. But alluded to what we kind of both said there. London, yeah. Gary W., just desperately disappointed. We should have done better than this. We lost it when we couldn't defend a 3-0 lead and then gave them a two-goal start after just yeah. 15 minutes. Edinburgh has a hard job to pick them up after this. Yeah, ALB5399 says, such a shame we threw away a trophy that could have been very winnable for us. Teams should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, a lot of these players will never have a better chance of getting to Wembley in their careers, I would say, about this. Many of them, yeah. At Scott Mason says, full credit to the travelling 125 hardcore fans. Have a safe journey back. Mooney and Samling have to be straight in this squad for Saturday. Hashtag onwards. Yeah, Jack Coates 14 said, feeling so low right now. These players had the game and bottled it twice. Not good enough. Awful from the players and poor from management team in the first game. Probably one of the lowest points, if not the lowest point of the season, I would say so far from a lot of fans. Orient Fan TV says, we lost a game that should never have taken place. 3-0 up at home and we've thrown it away. Conceding goals too easily at the moment for my liking and credit to the fans who win. Safe journey home. Yeah, Ari Rugaswamy said, didn't throw the towel in. Justin obviously commands the respect of the players but we need better quality to come in. When Adams returns to Norwich, we will be half the team that lost to Gateshead over two games. Long way to go yet. Yeah, applaud it's still coming in for Ebu Adams even after the yeah. defeat. Yeah. CM Oriental says, I would like to think positive but there is none to be taken from losing the tie from being 3-0 up and acting like big time Charlies. Defensively, we are not good enough. The team threw it away in the original tie. Criminal and the players have let the fans down big time. I think, I think you can take a positive by saying we came back to 2 all, but then they've thrown it away. So I kind of guess that negates the positive. Yeah, Matty LOFC Evans said, shouldn't have thrown the game away in uh, first time round. A clear out is needed. Sorry, a clear out is needed in the summer. Half the squad are not up to the job. Justin Edinburgh tactically last few games has made some questionable decisions. Pressure of the big club starting to take its toll? Question mark. Question mark, question mark. John Crab Free says, I honestly thought I turned a corner. I felt I say honestly thought we'd turned a corner after the consecutive clean sheets of Fylde and Chester. <laughs> Gone backwards since then. So disappointed, John. I honestly thought you turned the corner as well. Maybe you let yourself down big time there, son. Going 1881 said, when Gateshead made it 3-2, was I disappointed? 
Yes. Were any of us really that surprised? I doubt it. It's all part of the pleasure and pain effect that comes with supporting our great club. But that, that's right, but that's not how it should be. That's a fantastic tweet, though. Thank you for that tweet. At Taser Jr. says, Could you imagine supporting a team that in the first game threw away a 3-0 lead in 25 minutes, only to go to the replay, come back from 2-0 down, and somehow still not qualify? It wouldn't be us if we got through, though, would it? Yeah, another yeah. good tweet. Josh34486 said, A lack of professionalism in the first leg has cost us. An inability to defend tonight has shown how far we are from being able to compete in this league. Edinburgh has been faultless at times, but over these 189 minutes, his decisions must come in to question. Great tweet there from Josh. And, you know, we're two pretty positive guys and tell it like it is when we can. So a few positive tweets to end on to kind of not sour the mood. A few, here we go. Uh, at Janine Adelman says, on the plus side, both Chester and Hartlepool lost tonight, so we are still 16th. So yeah. that was in relation to the other National League, League games that were taking place. Yeah. Because of the called off snow yep. uh, on Saturday. Chris Cowell too said, should have sewn it up at home. On the plus side, all four of the cup tie players can now get a decent run. We've got Ella Kobe, Lawless, Clay and Judd to come back after illness and injury. And we may get Dayton back before the end of the season too. It now gives Justin time to plan. Yeah, good tweet. And the final word on Gates, it goes at PDR1112 who says, after what the club been through under the previous owner I would say a quarter final FA Trophy appearance and hopefully a mid-table finish would be classed as a good season big shake up of the squad needed in the summer so let's get behind the team for the rest of the season great tweet great tweet great great tweet PDR that is a really good tweet prediction league update although we had a few 3-2 Orient predictions and a few predictions for a Gateshead win there were no predictions for this match so there was no change in the prediction league we'll do a full round up uh, at the end of the show after the Ebbs Fleet match. Yep, so that leads on into Wednesday the 7th of March and in the afternoon the club announced that young centre-back Aaron Pollock has left the club by mutual consent and later in the evening Leverhead announced that they had signed Aaron who tweeted sad day for me to be leaving Orient. I would just like to say a thank you to the fans that stuck by us through thick and thin and gave me so much support over my time at Orient. Also, I'd like to thank all the staff over the years that have helped me with so much to get me to where I am now as a player. And lastly, I'd like to wish all the players and management and team all the best for the rest of the season. So your views on Mr Pollock Lee? Yeah, given we couldn't fill five subs on the bench, I couldn't really understand why maybe Aaron wasn't on the bench at least just just for cover in case we needed it thankfully we didn't but you never know shame to see a decent young prospect leave and a bit surprised uh, by this I know Martin has since come out and said why yeah Nigel mentions it in the interview that we have with him later so I get that it makes sense um but yeah still surprised yeah you? I think I agree with you on that you know good reputation seen him quite a few times thought he was a tidy little defender but obviously you know, you've got Corson, Elikobi, Happy, who's ahead of him, Ekpateta. So obviously he's well down the pecking list. And yeah. not just Edinburgh, but Steve Davis has overlooked him. Quite a few have overlooked him in the last couple of years. A bit like Freddie, unfortunately. But, you yeah. know, great chap. Um, shame, as like I've said, I think he's got potential. Wouldn't surprise me if he ends up as, as a National League defender in a couple of years, like moving his way up from Leverhead. So, you know, we wish him the best of luck. Had quite a few tweets about it. We'll mention uh, just one or two at Jagsy1979 says... Don't understand the logic here. We have a long injury list. We couldn't name a full bench last night, but we are still releasing decent young talent. Isn't that odd question mark? Down underscore underscore South said, excellent young centre-back, not really given a chance at Orion, but will make his mark in the future at a club that appreciates him. Yeah, so obviously we wish Aaron all the best. As I say, we've met him, I think, last year at Starman. Had a decent chat, lovely young lad. And hopefully, yeah. you know, we'll see him have a prosperous career in football. Yeah, absolutely. Thursday the 8th of March... Uh, 
The day would have been Laurie Cunningham's 62nd birthday. Yes, arguably Poignant. Orient's greatest ever player. Fortunately. One of. We were too young to see him, him play. Yeah. Yeah. And later in the day, the club announced that tickets for the Woking game on Saturday 24th of March will be just £5 for adults and kids will be just a quid. This is to capitalise on the international break and with no London Premier League or Championship teams playing at home, the O's are offering football in the capital at this fantastic price. Well played the club for doing that. And Brilliant. I noticed a few people on Twitter, season ticket holders, moaning about the fact... Whatever the club do, they're damned if they're doing, they're damned if they don't at times. And there's always a small minority of people who don't appreciate these ticket offers because they've paid for a season ticket and arguably, if you average out the cost of the season ticket overall, the, the whole season, that they've paid more for a ticket. And it's just a little bit like, you know, we need to try and get more people in uh, whether it's one match or maybe one or two convert at a later point if they see a decent game of football or someone's just at a loose end and don't want to go shopping they can come five, six quid plus a pro less than a tenner they can see some live football in London After what happened yesterday at West Ham it is a fantastic idea because in that kind of atmosphere that you saw yesterday at West Ham Oh we don't you, want them coming You're going to have families though who will be, families, put, will, be, yeah. will be put off by taking their families there and I think That's you might true. see a busy, busy day there at the Orient. And it's, it's great that it also applies to away fans. So if you're Woking fans, ask a question and the club's social media account confirm that £5 and pound offers are available for away fans as well. So let's see how many people turn up. And we know if there's a few people who don't support Orient who listen to the podcast. So if you're listening and you're free on Saturday, 24th of March, come down the O's, get in the South Stand, meet, get, meet get, the South Stand chums, get in, and watch get the, in the South Stand. Get in the South Stand, it is the best stand. Uh, Moody Friday, then the 9th of March, Loft had previously pledged at their AGM to hold a special general meeting by the end of March to finalise the regeneration fund decisions once legal advice had been obtained and announced that this meeting is actually going to be held, so this is a date for your diaries, Thursday the 29th of March at the Supporters Club. Doors and bar will open at 6.45. I'm not sure what time proceedings will exactly start, probably half seven or eight o'clock. Um, but Thursday, the 29th of March, that is a date for your diaries. Uh, at the Supporters Club, it's a special general meeting in relation to the Regeneration Fund. We will try to be there and give you coverage of that if you can't make it. So we're going to try to record it and, poss- and or possibly live tweet I think it. We so. can, I think we can maybe do more with that, which will keep you posted on any uh, announcements we get. So like Paul said, Thursday the 29th of March. So moving on in to Saturday 10th of March. In the morning, the youth team beat Barnett 2-1 with goals from Hector Kiprianu and Finlay Lovat. That's a new name for me. It so is, well done yeah. to Finlay and well done to the youth by beating Barnett. <clears throat> yeah, main event of the day. Uh, we move on to Ebbsfleet United at home in the National League. The team lined up with Dean Brill, Caprice Coulson, Elakobi Ling, Karoma Adams, Clay and Brophy with Bon and Holman up top. Subs were Granger, Ekpiteta, Reynolds, Mooney and Harold. Yes, yeah, so a few changes there from the gates of the game. I think Ling came back in, so did Eric Colby and so did Holman. So a few changes there from the team. You played 90 minutes on Tuesday. So your views from the side that lined up to play yeah, absolutely. Delighted to see Big George back uh, alongside Josh Corson. Uh, interesting that Ling is ahead of Widdison. I'm writing this at the time. It later came out that uh, Joe uh, had picked up the yeah. flu bug. Uh, obviously the same for Happy, who isn't even in today's squad. I don't know what was the situation with Dan. Maybe he yeah. was just being rested. Uh, nice to see Dave Mooney on the bench following his goal midweek. Otherwise, really, um, sort of to be expected, really. For me, I thought Mooney should have started this game. I wrote this before. Yeah. How many doesn't start in place at home and surprise me? He's just scored a goal. You know, and We've all said that Bonnie's neck knackered looking a bit... 
rust, not rusty is the wrong word, tired. but tired. So why not bring, put Harmon on the bench and at least you have the option to bring kind of Harmon on for bomb and change it up a bit. Um, other than that, Wilson can count himself unlucky not to be in the squad if he, if he isn't injured, but we all know he is. So we had a few tweets that came in, which mentioned one from at James O'Hagan who said, a ballsy lineup. Surprised Happy and Wilson aren't in the squad in some fashion. Mooney, I would assume, is going to be the emergency midfielder after midweek. And the match kicked off at a slightly subdued Brisbane Road. Not much action to talk about in the first 10 minutes. Ling and Brophy combined well on the left uh, quite a few times, actually. But we looked a touch nervy at the back as Coulson miscontrolled a long ball, passed it back to Brill, whose clearance hit Kebwell and went out. Lucky with that because that could have gone absolutely anywhere. Yeah, could do send that too many times. In the 14th minute, the first real chance of the game was Brophy, who looked really lively, actually. Good start from Brophy. Came inside, found Karoma, scuffed his shot. Ball took a slight touch from the defender and just took the way, took the ball away from Bond, who was lurking with intent there. So a bit unfortunate there. Yeah, and a minute later, Ebbsfleet took the lead, unfortunately, as a throw-in on the right from Darren McMahon's team was worked well, uh, worked the ball well up to Whiteley, who smashed the ball through Dean Brill's legs as Ebbsfleet went 1-0 up. And actually, if you look at that goal back, he's, there's two of them that have got actually a lot of, a lot of time Either either one of them could have taken it before the Orient defender was even yeah, aware that they were even there. Completely caught out <coughs> by the throw-in, a very basic goal. Again, poor defending, really yeah, disappointing to really. see. You know, Edinburgh had done so much good work, you know, keeping clean sheets. Like someone alluded to, a way to foul, a way to Chester. Basic defending again. Those yeah. defensive areas creeping back in, switching off, not yeah. realizing who our men are. And I, I don't, don't remember if Dean Breal was shouting for, for for cover and people weren't listening or what, but. It was poor. Yeah, really disappointing. And then we took this tweet from George Sessions in the 23rd minute. He said, Ebbsfleet attacked down the left and Coulson turns Ling and draws wide. That's Coulson for Ebbsfleet. Decent chance that Ling... Uh, yeah, I had to work that out. Yeah, actually. yeah. I was thinking, what's going on yeah. there? He also wanted to say, Ling got turned too easily. But Ella Kobe was lazy in letting the left back chase back when he was way behind Coulson in the first place. Ella Kobe should have come across himself. Yeah, Jake Caprice in the 29th minute cross from the right. Bond gets a flick on. But Ashmore saved that quite easily. Yeah, we started to play a bit better football now, a bit of a flow to the game. And in the 32nd minute, we found an equaliser through the left-hand side, which was looking like our best route back into it. A Samling played a great pass through to Brophy, mm. uh, who got into a decent possession, smashed the ball in the box, which Ebbsfleet defender Kenny Clark could only turn into his own net. And the O's were back in the game at one-off. So I've not seen that goal back. For me, it looked like it was a Brophy goal, but... Pretty much everyone else has alluded that it was probably an own goal, but yeah. great move. And Brophy again, heavily involved in the goal. So well done to James. And sounds like it was a great pass from Sam. As we are, I take any goal, come off someone's yeah. bum cheek if, if it goes in and it's credited. I don't really absolutely don't really have any persuasion uh, about that um, situation. 38 minutes on the clock. The O's were starting to build up a head of steam. Two corners came in quick succession uh, and Clay had a header that was deflected over. 44th minute, a bit of a let off. Um, for the O's who give Ebbsfleet a chance as Connor's long ball forward uh, gets Drew in after Clay and Caprice didn't follow his run so at a difficult angle Drew tried to lob Brill but he lobbed well over um, slack defending again you could say probably Justin Ross doing their nuts on the touchline I would have thought but a bit of a lot of there if you're coming up against a better striker one with confidence in the National League could be punished yeah for me Jake Caprice was the culprit there he switched off didn't track the danger man Turns around and all of a sudden the man's on his way. Yeah. Um, 
again, can't, can't be happening. Cannot be happening. Yep. Um, three minutes of injury time are played, though. Uh, half-time whistle goes as the team go in. Teams go in, uh, both level with uh, a goal each. Orient looking the much better side since the equaliser. We started yeah, taking up the land later in the second half, as you mentioned earlier, which was which was actually quite pleasing. So, yeah. just a shame it took us a bit of time to get going. Though. Yeah, I'd say one or <laughs> half-time was a fair reflection. We looked sloppy at points, I thought. I thought Brophy looked really good, though. Clay not having his best game for me might not have been fully fit to come back that's the only kind of thing you can say about him uh, Kramer for me again was very quiet front two working very hard but not really linking up well as a unit uh, and really had no chances to speak of really. I can't remember which half it was but I turned around to Warren and said like if I say to you Craig Clay you now time, try yeah. and think you now try and think how like if he's even touched the ball yeah. I bet you can't even remember if he's ever had a touch he's yeah. been an absolutely anonymous a complete passenger so tents are now <clears> 4,127 <throat> with 546 away fans in the ground and the second half kicks off with no subs for the O's yeah 51st minute Ling and Brophy combine well on the left again as Ling plays Brophy in on goal I was up out of my seat on this. I was genuinely thinking that here, here we go. His touch was slightly too heavy, though, at the pivotal moment. Uh, he tries to cut it back to Holman uh, as the ball goes across. Guy, I think their keeper, uh, and they dealt with that. It's yeah. just, he just literally kicked it a little bit yeah, too, too far, far ahead. Otherwise, he would have shot. It. Yeah, and he would have been in a good position to kill yeah, that round. Brophy yeah. looking really lively yeah. in the second half. 54th minute, crunching tackle from Clay Magri who needed some treatment, has to come off later in the match. Yeah, first proper piece of commitment from Craig Clay in this game. He was brave, he did well in that 50-50 tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Although he killed his man, he'd done what he'd done. Yeah, literally, man down, yeah. 57th minute, Kroma had a free kick in a decent position just outside the box. And when we set in the south stand, we were looking in the area and we could see... You were counting them up? It was a six, we had a six on five, on five and Clay was a spare man at the back post who was trying to get Kroma's attention without being too blatant by saying... Josh, I'm here. Josh, I'm here. Yeah. And we could all see it. And you're going, just cr- Josh, just cross it into the back post. Clay's a- Josh, they all mark up. There's a man spare. Josh only has one thing on his mind yeah, when sh- he's got the ball. Shoots wide. <laughs> and he put it wide. And if Josh was a clever football player, he would have played Clay in. Yeah, it's really, really odd. And we'd have gone up. Don't know, we see I think we saw that earlier in the season. I think it was a way to Alden shot or someone where Clay just went up for a free kick or a corner. And he was there at the back post by himself and puts a header in. Um... Really odd, but never mind. 63rd minute, David Mooney came on for Dan Harmon. For me, wrong sub. Wrong sub there, all day long. I would have taken Bon off, given Bon a bit of a rest, but easy for me to say I'm not the manager of Leighton Orient Football Club. Yeah, a lot of people saying that Dan Harmon didn't have his best game uh, for that game and what was he even doing on the pitch? So maybe that kind of fits in there. Uh, with that, 71st minute, Clive uh, Clark dives in at Brophy uh, and got a book in. Um, Nasty challenge. Dirty cynical Nasty challenge. challenge. They mm. were trying. I think they obviously identified Brophy as the danger man and a few of them were taking Brophy out as soon as he was touching the ball, but seemed ready to give him for that. Yeah, should have been a red. Yeah, really. It was a dirty cynical professional foul. Yep, 75th uh, minute. Yep. Lamar Reynolds comes on for Josh Caroma. Josh had a bit to do in the game, but not... not Anything not his Josh, best, I would say. but he did all right. Yeah. Seventy-seven. Uh, he always wanted to, the ball to be yeah. fair, Josh. Um, Seventy-seven minute, decent chance as Mooney turns. Clark uh, drives into the box, but when he tries to find Bond, I mean, he got into a great position here, Dave. He bless did. him. Uh, but with the outside of the boot, he tried to sort of um, put it ac- across to Bond. Uh, unfortunately, he kicked the turf, and the ball went into Ashmore's hand. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, for Dave. That was position. unfortunate. Yeah, he great got into position. a really good position, and he wasn't being greedy. He did try to to square it back to Bond, but... So like we're having at the moment, isn't it? <clears throat> 85th minute this time, 
ex-O's midfielder Jack Payne gets booked for bringing Brophy down when he was on a dangerous run. I don't know, until you mentioned him at the corner, I didn't realise it was the same Jack Payne. Yeah, because he's from Kent. Yeah. He's from Kent, so it was him, Connor Essen, and Sammy Moore, who yeah. were the three. Three from Kent. Yeah, 86th minute. The resulting free kick is poorly delivered by Brophy. And Kedwell, uh, who was beyond the back post, put it out for a corner when he probably pretty much should have left that yeah. go uh, for a goal kick. But nothing developed from the corner. And in the 89th minute, Brophy has an effort. He'd done well to kind of get the room for, but he's shot wide. And the board goes up to indicate four minutes of additional time. Yeah, four minutes have played out. Um, and the referee brings the game to a close and it ends on as even. Um, with a one-all result and points shared. Justin yeah. Edinburgh said post-match. No, all yeah, to you, my friend. I believe it was the right result, certainly in the second half. We played a lot more of the game in the oppos- opposition's half. I don't think we had too many clear-cut chances, but as the game went on, I felt we might get an opportunity to nick it. It wasn't to be, and on reflection, it was a fair result. Yeah, but agree with that, what Justin said. So, league yeah. table, that draw actually saw the O's climb up the place. So, up to 15th yeah. in the league. So, we have now played 36 one eleven, drawn ten, lost fifteen. A goal difference of minus six on forty three points. So we've just ten games left to play this season. So your views on yesterday? Yeah, not the best of games. I thought a draw was a fair result. We worked several good chances, but our end ball or our finish just isn't there, and that's what's handicapping us from from winning games and killing games off. We didn't work their big fat keeper at all. I mean, he didn't look like a goalkeeper at all, did he? I don't know. I don't think he was that fat. No fatter than Alex Chizak. But he did have a pineapple on his head, though, if you yeah, that some was, people were singing. That was the song. And he quite, I think he smiled at that, <laughs> he did, remember? Yeah. He quite, I don't know if he, he was smiling just to be polite or what. Their centre-backs dealt with uh, all the long balls comfortably. Uh, their goal was a poor one, really, for us to concede as we switched off yet again. As a neutral, you couldn't tell who was ninth and who was 16th. Would agree with that, yeah. So I think that's probably a good reflection on us yeah, that we managed agreed. to... Um, hold back uh, a team who were pushing for that last playoff spot. Very, 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 very frustrated with Caprice and Clay. Didn't think they played well at all. Maybe Clay wasn't fully recovered from the flu. Uh, again, Ebu Adams was standout man of the match for me, but credit to Sam Ling and James Brophy, who I thought were excellent down the left-hand side. They were our danger. I agree, yeah. So for you? me, I thought it was a bit of a nothing game, to be honest. Draw was the right result. We conceded a very disappointing early goal and our defence was caught out far too easily and I think Justin and Ross would be very disappointed with that. Um, but fair play to the team, you know, they responded well, got the equaliser and the rest of the first half as only one team were going to go on and nick the game. Fort Brophy had another good game, like you said. Um, Adams runs the midfield really. Yeah. That's why in our tweet, Adams is a given. That's why I forgot to mention Adams because it's just Adams doing what he does yeah you know? and you actually mentioned that Craig Clay was slowing the ball down slowing the play yeah down. I think I, I think I'm going to come on to that in a minute um, okay. we were the better team in the second half oh yeah they took Brophy out every opportunity Caprice had a difficult game but as poor as Caprice was Karoma doesn't read the game very well and I think that hinders Caprice's game I'm not saying Caprice is it adds pressure to any good Jake, but it doesn't it? help Caprice where you've got Brophy who really helps out Sam Lee and Mackin up on the left really help out their full back Karoma don't do that and it really makes Caprice's job a lot harder even though Caprice when he gets in those positions isn't doing himself any favours um, Clay I thought was poor like you said he slowed everything down I remember saying to you watch when he Clay did. gets you the counted. ball he traps it looks up and slows it down Adams is very fast and very reactive in the middle and Clay is the counter 
of Adams. Really interesting when you're watching this play. Um, Colson, I thought, made a few uncharacteristic errors, but like I've mentioned, Ling, Adams, Brophy, Elikobe done well. And as much as Bon and Harmon ran and worked hard, they didn't really cause Ebsfleet any problems. I don't think yeah. I said Bon had a great chance. or That's a good shout with um, uh, George as well, because Kedwell's not a small player at I all. Thought, uh, I thought George and, done well. And George bossed him um, all day long. So, yeah, good stuff. So To end um, on. Yep, go on. Great work with the owner. Great work. They sold 3,000 of those bad boys, so great income from the club. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Well done, brilliant. Yeah. So, again, we got a huge amount of feedback after this match as well, so thanks to everybody um, who uh, got in touch with us through our social media channels, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, and everything. So thank you very much. At LOFC1978 said, Limping towards safety will be hard to motivate this group of players with nothing to play for and many on two-year deals. I think Brophy will be a decent signing for next season and Bond needs someone to support him with scoring goals. Yeah, Paul underscore Stokes 39. So it seems like we need a huge shake-up over the summer. A lot of players on two-year deals that shouldn't be. We need two strikers, a centre-mid, a left-back, a centre-back and a keeper as a bare minimum. That's a lot of players there, Paul. I will just say, actually, because it's something that Nigel uh, comments on, and he makes a really good point in that we threw this team together because we had to yeah. and, we, and we, they had no time Absolutely. so actually um, yes we need to change it Yeah. arguably should they have been on two year deals well that's that's a cause for well, debate that's how you get them to sign isn't it you offer them a better deal than what other clubs have offered them that's how you do it you yeah longer security yeah. Bayford underscore Joel said solid performance but yet again we just can't take our chances we need a more clinical striker if you want to get out this league that's da- a really good point Das Hodge says Ellie Kobe had Kedwell on a very tight leash and was massive at the back yeah. Adams was very good in midfield but needs a better partner than Clay frustrating game reminded me of losses against Bromley and Fylde we needed to score in the dominant spell we had after half time to win it yeah, good tweet. Gordy eighty three said Adams was immense today and hope he becomes a permanent player. Would like to see Moons get a start as Holman contributed next to nothing today. Big George had Kebwell in his pocket all afternoon and Ling was solid at left back. Still need a replacement for Caprice in my opinion. Or in electrics as Adams was a stand up player for me. Holman was so bad that I wanted him replaced by Mooney. Soon after I wished Holman had stayed on there. Oh, very good. I think Adams. I think knowing what Nigel and Kent and Martin are like, if they're not. If they're not saying to Adams, look, what do you want next year? What do you want? How much are you after? And they're trying to get this guy signed, and I'd be very surprised. Or if they haven't made an issue. Through his agent, yeah. yeah. Vince Howard, 73, said, either Ebbsfleet were happy with a point or were frightened to attack us in the second half. We seemed to lack a cutting edge in the final third, and for me, would have taken Bond off as Holman looked more lively of the two. Bond, for me, is looking tired, so it agrees. Yeah, agrees, and David Barrett, so. 6, said, showed that to succeed in this league... You need physically strong, energetic players. Ebb's fleet defence was solid and ours gave me the willies, especially down our right side. Wrecker Blue App said, draw seemed a fair result with neither team really taking the chances they had. Think we are missing something up top as we're over-reliant on Bond, but we should look at today as a slight positive after our last three results. Yeah, I mean, Howard came in as a plan B, but we don't, we don't change his style. Like when Howard comes on anyway, he doesn't really go more direct. It's always the same style. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it is too right on Bond at the moment. It's Sam Needham underscore zero one says I thought Elikobi was very assured at the back. Very impressed by Ling. Also, 
He'd slotted some great balls through and linked with Brophy well. Still not sure what Clay brings to this team. Good point on Sam Ling there. Him and Brophy could be a very, very strong combination. The more, I mean, that was no, their no. first, second game together. Imagine what they'll be like when they actually know each other's game inside out. Sam likes to get forward. Yeah. He's right-footed, so he'll cut back. And well, maybe that's why he's being played as a left-back. Maybe that's why he's on the yeah. left and not on the right to develop that relationship with Brophy, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Orient Ballbag said, on that show, and we're a very, sorry, we're a long, long way off of getting out of this league. Couldn't be a very average team. Need to sign Adams for next season. He covered the midfield on his own. Need to find someone to play alongside him who can pass the ball. And as I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, we've got Charlie Lee to come back yeah. next year. So maybe that answers that. Yeah, good. Um, or in ball bag. Good response there from Mr. Levy at Bert underscore daddies. Says Adams was outstanding again. It appears that top goal scorer Bond is now running about like a lunatic to knock headers down to the abject Holman. Surely that cannot be the plan. Movement off the ball was almost non-existent all over the pitch. I could go on. Gary Hammond Perk said the inconsistency in performances can't be helped by the changes in the starting eleven for the for the last four or five games. I believe our good run came with a settled lineup. We'll be on the up soon. Good tweet there by Gary. Rob Kelly eighteen says nothing game today, but did speak to Charlie Lee, who's hopeful of getting some first team minutes before the season's out. I mean that will be massive. Yeah, but don't rush back. Absolutely, get him on the pitch for a little while. Give him the summer off. Get him back for preseason and start again. Massive. Jamie Stripe tweeted us saying, honestly. The only plus was that we didn't lose. I dread to think what the pitch would be like without the covers. I think we looked a poor side, a poor, poor side with too many passengers. There were times today when you'd be excused for thinking that some of them have forgotten how to play. Ed Jones, 1976, is a game we really should have won. Concerned about Caprice defensively, if he's going to stay next season. Bonnie's a goal to get him going again. And the must for the club is to somehow get permanent Adams here permanently. He is fantastic. A lot of plaudits again, but it's the same every week, isn't it? Adams is just the beast yeah, needs absolutely Bazal 73 said disappointing game Adams and Brophy were fantastic still can't see what Holman is offering lots of running but he is there to score goals and doesn't look like getting one Mooney was wasteful but puts his heart in uh, Ian Tutton says McEnough is sorely missed Adams was man of the match by Country Mile but no energy or desire was evident season is meandering out to a close out with a whimper Dave M1812 said fair result today was disappointed with Caprice and Clay Clay has been ill and he looked it strikers didn't perform again but they didn't really get the service Caroma again looked the most dangerous think we still need another centre mid hey, Gorillas1985 says people moan at our defence this season apart from the bottom six only two clubs have scored less goals than us this season without Bond we would be in dire trouble so for promotion next season we need another 15-plus striker and to win more home games. So we have yeah. only won five at home this season. Gorillas, great stats. There. Yeah, but trying to find a 15-goal-a-season striker in, in the National League is is really tough. Yeah. That's, that, that's not easy at that's all. That's a secret. Uh, it's easier said than done. And the final word this week goes to at only one team who said could or should have won it. Ebbsweet happy to sit back, especially second half. Ling was solid with some nice layoffs. Clay and Adams once again combining well. Brophy, my standout player, but no one up front read what he was doing. Are Holman and Bond too similar? So thank you for all the tweets. They were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. Um, and let us know what you think of those tweets and the views. You know, you can give us your feedback by giving us a tweet at Orient Outlook or by emailing us at Outlook at Outlook.com. So those were ours and your views. And after the match, we were very happy to catch up with Orient Chairman Nigel Travis, who spoke about the past week, amongst other things. And we also had a chat with Mark, who was one of the Duncan franchisees who came over for the game. So thought it'd be interesting to get kind of his take on the game and what he thought of the match yesterday. And we also spoke to Colette, who is a relatively new Orient fan. So here we are. This is Nigel, Colette and Mark from yesterday's match. 
Nigel, thanks for joining us. Um, tough game we've just watched. Finished one all against Ebbsfleet. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, I thought that was a game we should have won. Um, and there was some patterns from previous games where we had a lot of dominance and quite a few chances and didn't quite get them in. I can think of three opportunities that we probably should have got. But, uh, you know, Ebbsfleet are a pretty tough team. They've been up there all season. Uh, I think it realistically knocks us out of promotion, though mathematically we could still do it. I was doing all these calculations in the week, and it, I think you had to get the 72 points. But um, I then go back and read the forum, and everyone's talking about can we escape relegation? So that brings me down to earth. So, again, as I've said many times, I read all that stuff. So, you know, we're going to end up hopefully as high as we can. Justin, I know we'll keep driving everyone on to try and get the best result. Um, and I think we just have to keep building for a good end of the season, have some good games, um, look at the players, and 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 I think we'll be in an excellent position for next year. And losing to Dover one 0 last week, and then Gateshead. Yeah, that in was, the week it's been a tough week. It's been a really tough week. I mean, the Dover game. I mean, firstly, I'd like to say they did a great job getting the game on. Um, it was kind of bizarre as we we're surrounded by snow in Boston. Um, when I left yesterday that uh, last week it was very nice weather in Boston and difficult weather over here but they did a great job I thought the pitch looked actually fine so no excuses about that um, we just made one mistake but that's another game a bit like today we should have got two or three so perhaps a bit more clinical finishing would help and Gateshead was kind of a killer because uh, Watching the game, we got back to 2-2, two, two, two good goals. I really thought we would do it. And I, I, I had a strong feeling we could do the trophy this year, so that was, again, disappointing. But, uh, you know, that's history. We have to move on. We continue to work on trying to improve the place. We continue to try different things, like we had the Dunkin' Donuts today. Mm -hmm. And they sold out. Um, very we, tasty, by the way. We, um, we, passed, we, we sampled. Bottled. Yeah, very nice. How many? One each, just one each. We wanted everybody to have one. Okay. We couldn't eat them all. I oh, see one each. Yeah. One one in the game. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, no, I, th I, th I think we tried out the streaming, which you guys. I, I want to say publicly, you guys did an awesome job. Thank you very much. And someone came up to me today and said, Don't let "You know, again. <laughs> no, no, no." Said just the opposite. They said, "The good thing is, too many of these TV commentaries have too many experts." Why don't you let the fans talk? Well, we did. We had a Gateshead fan. Yeah. Two. 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 Two of them. Yeah, two of um, fans. And they were actually very honest because they were getting pounded at half-time. Yeah. Um, and they so, said as much, didn't they? Yeah, they said they were clear. So I think that was a good format. I mean, I, I described it as probably 80% good. So that means we've got 20% to improve. Yeah. But we will, and uh, we're, we're kind of excited about that. So when I reflect, would I like to have been higher in the league? Yes. But it's been a solid year of um, of consolidation. foundation, consolidation, call it what you like. I think, you know, after the coaching change, Justin's done a fabulous job. I think we've all got ultimate faith in him. He's very decisive. Uh, I wish I could be as decisive as him, actually. Uh, and he kind of breeds a confidence that's difficult to find. So we feel good about next year. We're, as Martin said in his interview on the website yesterday that we're planning for next year. Um, we want to be very fair with certain young players, which I think we've 
been. I think we've got some great players out there. Um, I mean, we brought in people like Sam, who I think is a talent. Um, obviously, McCauley's had a great year. Um, Ibu, I know everyone's very keen on him. Um, you know, he's he, he's performed well. So I think we've, we're working towards a really good squad for next year. And the difference is we will start stable. I mean... As I've said before, people don't give Martin the credit for just getting us going this year. I mean, I mean, th- th- this is like trying to do a marathon when you're preparing for a sprint. I mean, we had to throw everything together. So it's, it's kind of amazing. So when I think back, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed where we're going to finish up. Hopefully we'll finish up higher than where we are. But probably nothing more should be expected. And in terms of, uh, as you mentioned, youngsters, uh, earlier in the week we released uh, a couple of them. Aaron Pollock left us to join mm-hmm. uh, Leatherhead and... Um, Jack. Mine's gone blank. No, mine's gone blank. But we had a couple leave us um, during the week. So, um, obviously, disappointing from, a, from an academy perspective that we're seeing sort of people leave. But obviously, decisions that Martin and Justin have made in consultation with the board. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean... It, it, the process is simple. I think Martin explained it. I mean, we've got a director of football. So let me explain it again. We've got a director of football because most of us are in the States. Well, half of us are in the States. And you need someone who's in charge of football. Do I know quite a bit about football? Do you know a lot about football? Yeah, we all think we do. But it's like marketing. Everyone thinks they're great at marketing, right? We've got an expert. That's Martin. So he's in charge of all that. He's also got the academy. He's got lots of other things to do. But who's the person who runs the team? It's Justin. And they, I'm pleased to say, work really well together. So they make the decision. They come to the ball. We talk about... We don't just say, yeah, okay, that's fine. We ask them some questions. But at the end of the day, they have to be accountable. The ball members cannot interfere with choosing the team. I think we've been down that route. (laughs) And I don't think it worked very well. Right? That was was never admitted, but I mean, that process doesn't work. And it's like me. Today I had Dave Hoffman, who runs Duncan US. Do we talk about things all the time? Yeah, he and I just sat down at a meeting. But I have to let him be accountable. So Martin's accountable. Justin knows what he's accountable for. And the academy is important. But the the heart of your question is, football is a bit of a brutal process. And it's like a funnel. People come through, and the number that actually make it all the way through is very few and far between. And you've been around long enough to know that's true. The important thing is how you treat people. And this is is job number one when we came in here. We said we're going to be a people-friendly club. Uh, and that means that if you have to have a conversation with someone saying, listen, you're not doing the job we want you to do and you're trying to move on, it's how you treat them when they leave that's important. And that's why we decided to tell some of these young people early so that they can find clubs, as Martin explained. Yeah, yeah. So I feel the process is exactly as it should be. And we've got some other young, talented players on the way up as well. Um, so I'm pleased with the way that's going. And I'm really delighted looking at the other side of the club we, we haven't talked about. Danny is doing an awesome job. Uh, I always thought I worked hard until I met Danny. But, uh, 
It's impressive. Uh, it is it's impressive. Got a commercial brochure out, sponsoring everything everywhere. Yeah. If it moves, put a stamp on it, sign on it, sponsor it. Yeah, 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 it's brilliant. We're, we're, we're looking for several hundred thousand from you guys, by the way. So. Yeah, fine, no problem. Okay, okay good. Here you go. I've got it in my pocket for you already. Yeah, we'll remortgage and then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, thank you for my cup. Um, You're welcome. But I think, you know, I'm really pleased with where we stand on all that. And, and what's important is we're having fun. And before I sh pack it in, the most important thing that was said to me today. Two newspapers from Kent came up to me and said, this is the friendliest club we ever go to. And to me, that means a lot. Because mm. I think that means we've got our club back, but we've got the cultural values associated with it. So we're here with Duncan franchisee. Mark, Mark, give us your thoughts on the whole day. So I'm assuming this is your first time at Brisbane Road. Yes, it is. Um, had a great experience. Um, really enjoyed to watch the game here and in the stadium, um, just really fun atmosphere and really enjoy the game. And you've got the Orient scarf on, so now are you are you an O? Are you are you in this now? Are you, are you I am. In? I am. I'm from Portugal, so I have my uh, Portuguese uh, soccer team, but now it's uh, the O's as well. Well, can, can I suggest it may be interesting to all your listeners for Mark just to explain how he got to where he got to because it's a unique story but it's unique amongst Duncan franchisees because a lot of them came from this island in the Azores. Yeah, so my parents um, moved to the U.S. in 1972 from one of the small Portuguese islands in the Azores called St. Michael and um, they went over to, to, Port, to, to the U.S. from Portugal, found... Um, Work, work. My dad worked three jobs. One as a baker, became a franchisee, and started Duncan. Now been in the system for 38 years. Wow, wow. So being Portuguese, I very close to the heritage. There, go back once or twice a year. So soccer is my favorite sport, not football, U.S. but football European. Proper. Proper. Yeah. <clears throat> and you'll be back at the O's now. I will. Think, I will. Yeah? I will come back and, and catch games. Uh, here every once in a while with Nigel. <laughs> How infectious is it? Because obviously, you, I'm assuming you probably didn't know much or anything about Leighton Orient before you met Nigel. So does he sort of bang on about it all the time in, in board meetings and meetings? Nigel speaks about it frequently, and uh, he's very he's very proud to be the uh, to be the owner. Um, and uh, I think that he represents the team very well. And I think that you have a great leader here that's going to help take the team to the next level because. What he spoke about earlier about people, it's both in Duncan, and you hear it all the time, it's really about that people culture. And uh, when you have the people culture, you, you bring true championships, whether it's within Duncan, soccer teams, it doesn't matter. It's really based around the people, and Nigel does a phenomenal job with that. And obviously today was O-Nut Day. <laughs> I take it you partake in an O-Nut? That, was, that was a mighty good donut. Uh, it, it was a great donut. I know that Nigel um, and his team at Duncan a couple of months ago uh, handed us a donut with the thought of, you know, putting that edible chocolate on top, and it had my picture on it. So I didn't eat that donut, but I ate the donut today, and the donut was actually very good. That's, yeah, that, that's an interesting story because we've got this printer now that can take your picture. And put it on. I mean, we may use it in select stores, but it's people kind of like their picture and then eat it. <laughs> it is. Hopefully, I can, if I can find it, I'll show it to you. And did you have a favourite player out on the pitch today? Anyone impress you? Um, 
all the players played extremely well. So uh, being the first time, I'd have to watch a little bit more of it to give you any favorites. But uh, they all uh, did very well and, and um, really enjoyed it. So thanks to Mark there. And now we're joined by uh, another fellow fan, Colette's uh, joining us now. Welcome uh, onto the podcast. Um, give us your thoughts on, on what you've seen today because you, you're, you're obviously a fan. I am. I come I come every time we're playing a home game and I occasionally go to the um, away games. Today it's a shame we didn't follow through, but um, I think compared to before, we are playing so much better and it's a much more enjoyable game to watch. Uh, we still need to go for goal a little bit more and need to follow through, but um, I think it's a great atmosphere at the moment and the fans are really, really behind the team as a whole. So obviously from your accent, you're not from Leighton? No, no, I, I've lived here for about 22 years, but I only came into football about five years ago um, and we chose Leighton. I live in Wanstead and we had all the different teams to choose from. Tottenham, Arsenal, but I chose Leighton. Someone brought me here and the family atmosphere, the actual how close you are to the players and the environment was appealing. We had a rough couple of years. I came when we were on the up and went to Wembley, but uh, then unfortunately we had some bad years. But what the new management and Nigel and everyone are bringing to the team is unbelievable. Like it's a family here now and I enjoy coming. So what are your hopes then for late night in this? Well, I think being realistic, I think we've got to know that we're going to probably stay here. There is mathematically, as you all said, that we could go up. But I think I'm proud to say I'm a late night supporter. I was until I die. But um, I think next year will be our year and we'll be on the up. So that was a selection of uh, interviews uh, that we did yesterday post-match. And our huge thanks go to Nigel, who spared us some time he was entertaining a dozen uh, franchisees who'd come across uh, from the US to uh, to watch that match and also uh, to Colette who uh, gave us her views and always happy to welcome new fans to the club. I like the way Colette said she chose Leighton Orient. I should have said, and at times I was thinking this, saying, you don't choose Leighton Orient. Leighton Orient chooses you. <laughs> you didn't choose Leighton Orient. Missed so. the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. but again, so thanks to, to everyone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Brilliant. So, Prediction League update then. So well done to at Stephen Orient, to Tommy Exvelo, at Floodgates, at PM31970, at Wrecker Blue Up, at Orient underscore Ed, at Lawton Gamps, at Tobias Lampsey, at Les underscore Brisdo, and at Essex underscore O, who all predicted one all, but no bonus points this week as nobody had that score with Brophy to bag a goal. So it means now the top of the table. It's getting quite close now between the front two as Lawton Gamps pulled back by three points. So Bill Johnson. UK still leads on 23 points, but only two points had a Lawton Gamp, so it really is game on now at Winsmad, 17 points. So as always, thank you for all of your predictions. Like the way you just pronounced Tobias as too bias. Too bias. <laughs> Decent. <laughs> uh, to finish the day, James Brophy was named in the National League Papers Team of the Day, which commented or noted, pulled all the strings for the O's and forced the own goal leveller to earn a point so yeah. well done to Mr Brophy who was also named sponsor, uh, the match sponsors man of the match yeah. yesterday as well very good so moving on into Sunday the 11th of March and the ladies were in league action at home to Cambridge United and were unfortunately beaten 1-0 today so unlucky ladies so it's yeah. time to wrap up this episode yeah there was Premier League action this weekend as most of you will know uh, so we do the fancy football update now at the top of uh, at the top this week is Dave Highton on 1,705 points, eight points ahead of Rob Langley, 
and Steve is in 44th place in what was a very low yeah. scoring week by all accounts very disappointing so let's move on into the positives and negatives of the week somehow we have got three positives out of this week so firstly squeezed three out mate, they're all good. we have climbed a place in the National Leagues actually yep. gone up which is you've got to say that as a positive second of all the owner was a great success both you know commercially on social media everywhere everyone yep. raving about it over 3,000 sold great income from the club and last this might be clutching at straws but you know, a few weeks ago, months ago, we would have lost that game yesterday and we got the draw. Unlucky not to win it. So those were our three positives from the week. Yeah, negative slightly outweighed in number uh, to positives. Uh, we're out the FA Trophy. I'm gutted about that. Yeah. I, in my head, I had... You were at Wembley. I had pictures of us at Wembley thinking, oh, where are we going to sit at Wembley before we even got... <laughs> Um, poor defending and switching off is leading to us conceding too many yeah. what we call silly goals. Too many passengers in the team at times. Uh, and obviously the catering issues, which we appreciate that they are new, and we appreciate probably yesterday's um, issues were probably not the caterers' fault. I don't know exactly what happened. Someone said about smoke alarms or ventilation something issues, like that, something yeah. I mean, like that. Quite because a few pictures on social media doing the rounds as well. So hopefully the club can sort it out. And I'm sure yeah. I, will. I can see Danny Macklin already on Twitter asking people to email him for examples and to get their feedback so I'm sure Good. the club are on the case well that's the Hero of the Week so we put the Hero of the Week uh, to the public vote this week and selected the following nominees so we had James Brophy following two goals arguably two good performances in the week yeah. we had Nigel Travis nominated for the Onut we had Ebu Adams we he'll, also had he'll be a staple for all <laughs> oh every week now to yeah, the Hero yeah. of the Week yeah. and to finish off we had the supporters who went to Gateshead and the winner is 125 supporters who made it up to Gateshead so well, well done to you done. overwhelmingly it was the supporters who went to Gateshead so, so well let's wrap this up then next week's fixtures two fixtures coming up for the O's this week firstly this Tuesday night we're entertaining Torquay United at Brisbane Road Torquay are currently 23rd in the National League and nine points from safety having lost 1-0 away to Maidenhead on Saturday so if you're going you're in the South Stand we will see you there do come and say uh, hello, and then on Saturday, seventeenth of March, we travel down to Eastleigh, who are fourteenth and just one place and two points above the O's in the National League. Eastleigh's home game at Dover yesterday was called off, so potentially, if results go our way this week and we beat them on Saturday, we could leapfrog them in the National League. Yeah, maybe one to keep an eye on because their pitch was, was dodgy again, dodgy and heavy yeah. rain forecast for that part of the country yeah. this week. So hopefully, that goes ahead. So. That's it. Thank you for joining us for episode 136. It's been a busy week on the pitch at Leighton Orient as we had two matches. One saw the O's exit the FA Trophy at the hands of Gateshead after coming back from two goals down only to lose it due to poor defending. And then we saw the week culminate in a home draw with Ebbsfleet. It's not the best week on the pitch, but Justin and the team have a great opportunity in the upcoming week with two matches on paper you would look at and fancy our chances. Um, so our fingers are crossed and keep your eyes as always on our social media accounts for prediction leagues, for tweet updates, for all kinds of things Orient. So if you don't follow us, do get a following. So we'll be back with episode 137 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. Yep, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a review. We'd really appreciate that. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Tune in. Thank you to Boatsy for his review in the last week on iTunes. Oh, lovely. Thanks, Boatsy. Tune in and Stitcher. We're also on those. Also, I'm sure there's some Android apps that I haven't mentioned. So wherever you listen to us, whatever 
device uh, you listen to us on. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Um, make sure you set us as your favourites where possible to make sure that you get them as soon as we upload them. And if you've got a, a relative or a loved one who you think would enjoy the podcast, help them out, uh, introduce them for us. I still speak to people who don't know what a podcast yeah. is, so we still know that there are loads of people uh, out there. Uh, and also, as you probably noticed on some of our social media this week, mugs are still available. To be honest, I'm working my way through ours, uh, the, the yeah, allocation that I'm stocking. Yeah. So uh, they are limited. Uh, we're not you know, going to be doing loads and loads of these. So once they're gone, they are gone. Six quid uh, if you're going to buy two of them uh, Six together. Quid for two? Are you sure, bud? Six quid each if you're going to buy two oh, of them. Right, yeah. Beg your pardon. Seven pound uh, just for the one <laughs> on its own. Yes, we will deliver them to you by hand on Tuesday night if you want one. Give us an email. Or I'll take them to Ebb's Fleet. Or if you're going. Yes, Paul be at uh, Not Ebb's Fleet. Um, Eastley. If you're going to Eastley, I can bring them on the Absolutely. sunshine. So just to finish it, Bus a coach. massive thanks to Nigel. Nigel, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's always appreciated. Thank you to Mark from Duncan. Any other franchisees listening, next time you're in the stadium, come and let us know. We'd love to interview you and thank you to Colette and thank you to everyone who's listening. And just to finish, speaking to Vince yesterday, who said, oh, you get any more interviews lined up? And I said, no, who would you want? And he couldn't think of anyone. So if there's anyone who you want on the podcast interviewed, let us know. We would love to hear your views. So as always, we look forward to hearing from you during the week. Have a great week and keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.